This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Steve Vickers in Christian Life Church in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit ChristianLifeChurch.com. And open up to First um, Corinthians chapter 13. Uh, we're going to start right there. First Corinthians chapter 13, we know what that is. Um, you'll give it a turn. Now, we're going to talk about kindness. I'm going to make, uh, you know, when you talk about the subject of kindness, it can sound a little... Um, a little slow getting started. So the title of the message was going to be Mean People Suck, but we decided to change it. And um, I decided I ought to change it but because uh, I don't want you to be distracted. But we can agree. Y'all, y'all ever been around mean people before? Oh, they're not fun. They're not fun. You, you've been around people that, that kind of, uh, that their words constantly crush you. Y'all know those people? What about uh, you get around people that their, their words are very, very harsh. They always seem like they take away a part of you every time they're around you. You know what I'm saying? They seem like um, that they are, their words are, are hateful. They're condescending. Doesn't that make you just want to punch somebody in the throat when they do that to you? I mean, you're not supposed to. I'm just saying. But it crosses your mind. You don't do it. You don't act on it because you don't want to be a mean person yourself. But you think about it. Um, Nothing's ever good enough. Nothing's ever right. Every time you think about having to be around that person, uh, feelings of dread come over, your, come over you. They really make life just a living hell, so to speak. Uh, you know, y'all got somebody in mind right now? Do you? Uh, Lord, help them right now. Lord, help that person not be so mean. Amen. That's, you know, it, it does. It, it brings something out of you. It pulls things out of you. You've been around pleasant people? Nice people. Their words just, man, just pour out like honey or new money, whatever. You know, just pour on you. They just feel good, man. Somebody, you just want to be around them. That's how my uh, mother-in-law's mother was. She's real nice. And uh, you can hang out with her. And uh, she's in her 70s at the time when I, when I met the family and everything. I believe it was 70s or 60s, something like that. Anyway, she's a lot older than me. And, uh, but when you got around her, you just wanted to stay around her. See, the way she spoke to you, the way... Uh, her, her mother spoke to you, the way Nellie spoke to you, it just made you want to just be there. It's like you were, you were being added to and you didn't want to leave. You been around folks like that? You know some people like that? You know the ones that were mean and terrible to you, the ones that really hurt you, it might have been as a child, it might have been as an adult, they marked you. They marked you. They're unforgettable to you. They even shaped you to some degree. The ones that are good to you, the ones that are kind to you, they marked you as well. You know that person, there's, there's people in your life that they went above and beyond the call of duty. They were just impressed you with their ability to, to love you, and it shaped you, and it marked you. We want to be that to people, not the other. We want to mark, we're going to mark people with our lives, and we're going to shape people with our lives, but we want them to say things about us like, that person was kind. That was uh, a nice person to be around. When they come to your funeral, you want to make sure they come because they love you, not just making sure you're really dead. You know what I'm saying? Huh? Sometimes people just peek in the casket, I'm just making sure. Been praying for this day a long time, by the time it got here, you know? You know? And, um, as you know, the thing is, though, mean people make you want to think this. 
You know what I'm saying? Mean people, mean people make you want to do this. Can't cuss in church, so I just, you know, can't cuss in church, all right? All right. Mean people make, they do. You want to act like this, but this is all that's coming to your mind. This is what you want to say, and this is what you should be saying. You see, it's weird how it draws something out of you. It's weird how, how it has power that somebody's actions actually stir things in you. Some good, some bad. The scripture tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we're going to turn there together. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Verse 4 is where we start. Love is patient. Be patient. I'm moving on. Right. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast. It isn't proud, it's not rude, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no records of wrong. It keeps no record of wrong. It keeps no record of wrong. How many times we gotta remind people uh, what they did to us? Keeps no record of wrong, love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices with the truth. It always protects. Love always trusts. Love always hopes. It always perseveres. Love never fails. Where there are prophecies, they're going to stop. Where there are tongues, they'll be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it'll pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. When I was a child, I acted like one. I thought like one, I reasoned like one. When I became a man, I stopped acting ratchet. I mean, I put on childish, <laughs> I put childish ways behind me. All right? I put childish ways behind me. And it goes on and says, and now these th three things remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. If I have everything, but I don't have love, they don't have anything. If I have everything, have need of no thing, but I can't act lovely, I got nothing. We can define love and uh, we can define kindness, but when you look up kindness, what it says is to be kind, to show kindness. Well, don't go, man, that don't help nobody. You're using the word twice in the definition. We're trying to define the word. What is it? It's weird. It's a word that has to be shown more than it can be expressed in words. You got to show kindness. You can't just define it. You know, there's an old, um, old blues guy. I can't remember his name. I just remember what he said. They asked him one time about rhythm. They said, um, define rhythm. He said this. He said, if you don't got it, there ain't no definition necessary. <laughs> actually, he says, actually says this, if you got it, there ain't no definition necessary. And if you ain't got it, there ain't no definition going to do you any good. That's what he said. And so if you can't define kindness, it's kind of, if you got it, you know it. If you don't, I don't know how much a definition is going to help you. Because it's not kindness until you do something that is an act. It's only a nice thought 
until you do something. You know, they, uh, Barna did a survey. If I get it wrong, I'm close. 87% of 200,000 people surveyed were asked in one word, describe Christians. Now, don't describe yourself. So just for a moment, let's take that survey. Just let's see. In one word, or one small phrase, one word, you describe Christians. Not here, I'm talking about people in other churches. I'm not talking about y'all, all right? We're going to talk bad about other people, not y'all, all right? And I'm playing. But just in one word, just think of one. You got your word? Wait a minute. When you got your word. You got one? You got? I'm going to ask you in a little bit. Just one, no, don't worry about it. I'm not going to judge you because I got some. I might have to use this word sometimes. All right? No, I'm just playing. What's your word? Hypocrite. There you go. I'm going to tell you, she's, she's real close to what the survey said. Yes. Woo! Come on now. Judgmental. What was yours? Legalistic. We're talking bad about ourselves now. We ain't talking bad behind your back. We're talking about in front of our own backs. All right. All right. Somebody throw me another one out that doesn't mind sharing it. Who? Who? Oh, self-righteous. Uh, all right, what else we got? What's prejudice? I'm just kidding. She's, she's German, so she's going to pronounce it funny. Prejudice. I got you. I know. I see how making fun of people in church. Doggone it. That's the way to keep them coming. <laughs> That's the way to keep them coming. She knows I love her. <laughs> um, one more. Self-centered. Self-centered. Anybody? Anybody disagree? Can I get one? All right. Now, for the most part, for the most, it is. For the most part. Now, that's, I, don't, I don't see crazy people. Y'all don't, y'all don't act cross-eyed, creaking crazy to me. Y'all, y'all don't. Y'all act all right. You seem nice. But the thing is, there's people misrepresenting us. If you don't declare who you are, someone else will. And the thing is, good people's voices have remained silent. And so bad people get all the press. Now see, they, they, because the only way anybody knows the Father, they got to know you. That's what Jesus said. You see me, you've seen him. I say what he says, and I do what he does. So if you've been with me, you've been with him. When you see me, you see him. So it's a wonder the world says the things and acts the way they do towards God because they met us. So they know what he's like because they done met us or somebody like us. The good thing is, is that can change. It can change. If we know our place and have our role understood and quit trying to be the Holy Ghost and, 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 and quit trying to be the Father and help God out, because you know he might know everything, but let me help him just a little bit, all right? You know, you know if we'll take our place, that was sarcasm, all right? Just in case you missed that, all right? You wonder why lightning's not striking. That's sarcasm, all right? All right. It, 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 it is a fact, though, they only know him 
through us. Because Jesus is our elder brother. We are sons, we are children of God just like he is. And our role is the same as well. Now, when we, so we got this bad situation now. We have people around the world that think we're judgmental, legalistic, think we're mean, and they think mean people suck too, all right? And so now, then they have, then they go, well, God's the same way. And they start having their image of who God is is exactly the image that has been betrayed, but it's been misrepresented. The image is wrong. That's not who he is. The Bible says it is the goodness and kindness of God that draws people to repentance. It is God's goodness that draws people, not God's wrath. Now, let me ask you again. We talked about people that were mean to you. We talked about people that were kind to you. Which one would you follow? You gonna follow a mean, jerky person? You gonna follow a person that is all about them, that's gonna be cruel with their words, that beats you down, that tears you up, that takes away your value, that reduces you to dirt, and all those things like that? Or would you follow somebody that you feel like you can do anything with, that you can't fail with, that is always gonna edify, that's gonna strengthen you, that is gonna encourage you, that is gonna empower you? You gonna hang out with somebody like that? And you ain't gonna follow the other. People are the same. Everywhere you go, people are the same. If 87% of them think that we're the mean person, the judgmental, the condescending, the, the, uh, the legalistic, if they think that, they're not even going to give us a chance to represent who God is. They'll never be open to the gospel because their ears might not be able to close, but they've already been shut. Unless somebody does something about it. I told you it's not kindness until you do something. We defined kindness. It was hard to define, but there are synonyms. It's benevolent. It's charity or love, generosity, sympathy, compassion, tenderness. These are things that come up as synonyms of, 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 um, uh, of the word kindness. Now, I have this. I'm going to read some scripture to you. We're going to burn through them. Kindness is the fruit that tastes good to everyone. The Bible says we are trees of life. That's what he says. We're to be trees of life. Now, we've already established that um, somebody's been talking bad about us, all right, that people misunderstand, have, people have misrepresented, they've understood, but we've been misrepresented. See, the culture in our church is kindness. We want to manifest the fruit of God's spirit. We should be declaring who God is. We can control ourselves and we can control the image that people see through us. Might not be able to control it through others, but we can control what people see through us. Kindness is a fruit that tastes good to everyone. Proverbs 12, 25. An anxious heart weighs a man down. All right? Let's just turn there. We'll go through them just as fast. I got to slow down anyway. <clears throat> Proverbs twelve twenty five. You with me so far? 
An anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word says it cheers him up. Now we go to 50, just keep, just keep turning that way. A gentle, uh, 15, one, a gentle answer turns away wrath. A kind word turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. They're just talking about kindness. This is just words. This isn't even acting yet. Uh, 17, 22. All right. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. It don't need no translating, does it? All right. 1814, a man's spirit will sustain him in sickness, but a crushed spirit, who can bear? All right? So you see, just, just the words of kindness, just acts of kindness brings healing. It restores, it energizes. You know what brings favor on your life? It opens doors for you. Now, we're going to turn to uh, James real quick. Well, you don't have to turn. I'll turn there for you. All right? James. Here we go. James 2.13. Well, I'll start in 12. Speak and act. Talking to us. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Remember, speak and act as though you, those who are going to be judged... Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. I'll read another one to you. All right. Blessed is the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed is the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Now, we've established 87% of the people out there that they surveyed think something's wrong with us. They don't want what we're selling. They don't want what we got. They're wondering what's wrong with us and why would we want it? If they don't want it, it's because, you know, the thing is, but we know God is what? God is merciful, God is love, God is good. We know that salvation is a good thing. Yet they don't want to be a part of a God who, who uh, I won't even go through the, the things that they say, it's terrible. But they don't want to be a part of a God if that's how he's going to be. Even lost, they'd rather do without than have to feel like they've got to be judgmental, hypocritical, legalistic, religious, and cruel. They'd rather do without him if that's him. But that's not him. Well, who else is going to get the message out if it's not us? Nobody. Nobody's going to get the message out if it's not us. Now look at John 3, 16 and 17. We're going to turn there. That's the next point. We're going to, we're going to move along. Je- uh, Jesus Christ came to save the sinner and not to judge him. Did you know that? Now we're going to talk about our role for a minute. John, John 3, 16. All right? Turn there with me. John 3, 16. I'll read it to you, because I can read. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. Let me show you the right in the right place. John, uh, for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. Whoever believes in Him shall not perish, 
but he shall have eternal life. For God did not send his son in the world to condemn the world, but to save through him. To save the world through him. There's another translation that says it better. It says this. Jesus didn't come to judge the world. He came to save it. He didn't come to judge it. He came to save it. You put God in a room, people judge themselves, man. Sin's already been judged. He didn't come to judge the sinners or their sin. He came to save them. I want you to know something. When you read through the scriptures now, when you read through it, I want you to see how comfortable sinners were around Jesus Christ. They were very comfortable around him. They didn't like it either because the prostitute come around Jesus, she just loved Jesus to death. Just loved him. And he loved her back. And it was holy. It wasn't nasty, dirty, nothing like that. It was a pure thing. But nobody else was going to love her. The Bible says that Jesus looked at the world and had compassion on them. And this is where what they were saying that he meant when they said has compassion. He looked at them and thought, they don't have anybody to lead them. There are religious leaders of the day that can't point them in the right direction. If, if somebody doesn't go and take care of these people, they have no one. So Jesus came to earth. Jesus came to this earth to give leadership to a group of sheep that didn't have any leaders, any good leaders. And so you have a prostitute feels comfortable around Jesus. You have the religious leaders of the day that don't like it. Now, let me, let me, just, let me just give you a, a little quick illustration of something. You tell them this isn't cold. All right. You're walking, let's say, um, I'll be a woman for a second. All right, all right, I'm just kidding. All right, just say for a minute. And let's say I'm a lady of the night, all right? I know it's a stretch. I have a stretch, but just, just pretend for a second. All right, just, uh, <clears throat> I'll use my man voice just to pretend this for a while. So you're a lady of the night. You're walking down the road. You're just walking. Let's say you're going to go get sugar for coffee. I don't know. You borrow a couple of eggs from the neighbor or something like that. You're walking down the street in biblical days, in Jesus' day. You're walking down the street. Then here comes the preacher on the other side, Okay. The preacher's walking down the same street, but he's coming from this direction. And here you come walking. The preacher sees you, closes his eyes, turns his head, and walks to the other side of the street. Looks like this until he gets past you sufficiently. This is what comes to her mind right here. It does, man. Can you imagine that? Here's a person that needs salvation, that needs to hear about God's goodness, and all they get is, and that's how they did it. They doggone sure did. Now, they're going to invite you to his church. What you going to do? You're probably going to have to repent for flipping a bird or something like that. You have to repent for being ugly because uh, you're going to be mean. Oh, my gosh. How in the world? How could you reach out to anybody if that is the attitude of the leader? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? That because somebody is unclean, thing is we categorize sin. We look at other people and go, I don't sin like that. All right? you know, and we categorize people. And the thing is, here it is. She walks by. She needs salvation just like that dude, the preacher does. But yeah, what she gets is 
So my eyes aren't unclean, I don't look on her. And I don't even want to accidentally brush past her because then I'll be unclean. After all, I got to stay clean. I got to stay clean. I can't mess with that. Yet the Bible says that all have sinned and all have fallen short of the glory of God. Even that, that preacher guy, that religious leader of the day, needs the same Jesus that is given freely, and he doesn't even know it. So what you have is, you have, since this thing has been going on, you have people, the, the, the religious leaders or, or some Christian people separate themselves from the very people they're supposed to reach. Church, we can't do that. Not here. Not here. Because the Jesus I served allowed the prostitute to come and sit with him. Okay? He ate with people that were considered vile. Tax collectors even. I don't even know if I'd do that. But anyway, but tax collectors even, okay? Lady of the evening. Well, a thief on the cross got one of them cussing at him and the other one saying, stupid, what are you doing? This, is, this guy hadn't done anything. We deserve what we're getting. He's innocent. A thief on the cross didn't have a righteous act. All he did was repent right there. And uh, uh, already had his hands raised. But look, he's like this next to Jesus Christ. Hit one goes to hell and the other goes to heaven. One says, blankety blank you, I ain't got nothing to do with it. You're, you're all big, get us down from here. Another one's like, I'm not, I might have been dumb enough to get here, but I'm not dumb enough to go any further. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll lean on God's goodness and God's mercy. And you know what? Jesus didn't reject the other one. He rejected him. The other one rejected Jesus. Jesus didn't have to reject that one. He did it on his own. The other one could have come in just as well. You see him sitting talking to Judas. Now, everybody wants to kick Judas right in the behind, all right? Everybody does. Even today, we still, boy, kick, boy just one, t- uh, you know? You know, because you take up for your people, you know? All right. So, anyways, so here's Judas sitting at the table, already made the arrangement, got the money in his pocket. He's got the money in his pocket. Ooh, man, jingling, 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 just jingling money in his pocket. Thinking about how he's going to buy a new car. Everything. As soon as they invent cars, I'm going to buy me one. All right? And Jesus says, one of you is going to betray me. He's like, I know which one it is. Oh, oh. What, are you, what was he doing? You've already sold me out. But here's your chance to repent. This, look, I don't know about you, but if I knew somebody was going to kill me, I... You know, I'm not trying to hook a brother up. Not that one. I'm not trying to hook that one up. I'm not. I'm not going to help him out. If we're trying to kill me, uh uh-uh. I mean, would you help him out? Let me assist you in your endeavors. May you succeed in all the things. No, no, no. But yet for him, Jesus Christ even reached out to him. He didn't reject him. He rejected. You have him again. He's sitting at dinner. Woman comes in, and uh, she's, uh, you remember the story where she breaks the, uh, the, um, the, yeah, alabaster box, breaks and pours the spikener all over him, and they were upset and everything, and, and they leaned to each other and talked. The religious leaders of the day leaned to each other and said, if he was really a prophet, he'd know that's a sinful woman he's talking to, and uh, he wouldn't be talking to her. The fragrance fills the room. She washes his feet. And he corrects him and says, that you know what, I came into your home. You didn't 
Watch my feet. It's tradition. It's not like, it's like you didn't even greet them at the door. Like you got, you got people coming over for dinner and you look at your wife and like, oh, doggone people you invited here. You know? And you walk over and sit down. Don't even talk, turn on the TV. Don't even talk to them. Just, just totally diss them. Just disrespect them. That's what was happening to him. But now here's the, the deal. The way their homes were set up, it'd be like a big porch area. And you could see from the street what was going on inside his house. So here's the Pharisees that are supposed to walk like this from, from dirty women, all right? Supposed to walk like this. Now that woman's in his house. And his guest he did invite in invited a guest he didn't want in. So the guy's stuck because Jesus let her in. And now everybody smells like they've been with a prostitute. What are people going to say? What are people going to think? I mean, i tell you what. This guy, how can he be a God? That woman just feels comfortable around him. And here he is, supposed to be a man of God. I guess he's not who he says he is. But yet the Bible says that Jesus was sent to these. It was the lost people that recognized him. The religious leaders of the day couldn't see him for looking at him. You know why? Because that's who he was sent to. And that's who we are sent to. You're commissioned already. The Bible tells you that you are ministers of Christ, that you are carriers of salvation, that you are supposed to share the reconciliation pact between God and man. You're supposed to share that. But if they think that we're a bunch of jerks and that we're we're arrogant and we're self-righteous and we're too good for them, they're not coming. And the sad thing is we're going to stand before him on that day and he's going to look at us and say it's our fault. And I'm not going to have him say it's my fault. Because it was already freely given, we freely received it, and we got to show that it's still free. We have to show that it's still free. But it's only the words of kind people, not mean people, that'll be listened to. Those are the words that open doors for you. And I'm going to tell you what, there's a whole lot of other things that people are praying for that don't come to pass, and I wonder if this has something to do with it. It has something to do with it. Because it's a misrepresentation of what God let his son, sacrificed his son for when the world speaks of us and calls us a hypocrite. Now, as a whole, we're all thrown in there with him. Now, as an individual, as an individual, I really feel like I could challenge somebody if they said I was mean. I think I could challenge them. It's my opinion. Well, your opinion's stupid, okay? Uh, I think I could challenge somebody if they try to say that I'm cruel I don't like Brian because he's cruel. I bet, you I, could, I bet you I could beat that. I bet you I could beat that. I'm trying to be conscious of how I treat others. I try to be aware of those that are around me. I don't always do the best job. But I tell you what, I make a conscious effort to make sure that people would say kind things about me. Now, Jesus Christ came to save, not to judge. The thief on the cross Jesus and the prostitute, the adulterer, my favorite, the adulterous woman. Oh my gosh. I wish I'd have been there. Man, I'd have been throwing rocks all right, but a bunch of old people is what I've been throwing rocks at. And uh, remember, there's a, the woman, they're sitting out here, they're meeting, and all of a sudden these religious leaders, they, these people of the day, bring a, a woman that had been caught in an adulterous affair. They caught her in the act. I know they didn't get a text message or an email, so they must have been peeking in the windows, all right? <laughs> Them nasty little jokers, all right? And they're going to come and want to throw rocks. How, how else are you going to catch somebody? So they're dragging this naked woman through the street. 
humiliating her. Okay, we understand. She did something terrible. All right, we got it. And they're going to pull her in front of Jesus, and they're going to say, this woman was caught in the act of adultery just now. What say ye? And they try to get him to say something that would be conflicting to what he's been teaching. Exactly. So you know what he does? Now, I tell you what, if you, if you drug buck naked out in the street in front of everybody, you're feeling sorry for what you did, okay? You, you're wanting to repent, I guarantee you. They drug her out, and they start to get stones, because they're going to bury her about halfway down and, uh, and cover her in dirt about halfway so she can't get away. They're going to start throwing rocks at her. Not little rocks, big old rocks. When they stoned you, they made sure your head was crushed. They knew you were dead. Matter of fact, they killed you twice. Make sure you were good and dead. Then they threw your body out back, over the fence, over the wall. So they're going to stone this woman to death. And Jesus says, all right, let's stone her. Go ahead. Let's get some rocks. But I tell you what, let's line up first. Let's get in order first. I tell you what, those people over here, come over here. If you've got no sin and you're ready to throw the first stone, you guys come over here. I'm not really, that wasn't how it was. I'm just saying. But he did say Whoever is without sin, you go ahead and throw the rocks first. And can you imagine that woman thinking there's a glimmer of hope now? All right. The people were behind Jesus. So they knew that they couldn't just discount what he said because the people backed Jesus. So he says, all right, go ahead. Without the first, if you don't have any sin, go ahead and let's throw it first. Then he reached down in the sand, in the dirt, the Bible says, and he began to write. Now, I don't know what was written. I used to think, he's probably writing, all right, what's your name over there? Uh, Hezekiah, I don't know, Ezekiel, Hezekiah, whatever, I don't know, uh, goofy kid, whatever, goofy guy, wrote his name and then what he'd been doing. I used to think, I used to think, it'd be nice to think, that's probably, all right, stupid number one, this is what you did. Stupid number two, this is what you did. Because he said that he started leaving one by one. But I found out something else that's probably the case. Jewish tradition says in a situation like that, if a supernatural revelation of someone's name took place, that it would be considered that God had forgiven that person you need to let him go. So knowing that was a tradition of the day, could it very well have been, Jesus didn't know who she was, that the Spirit of God revealed to Jesus her name. And since the Lamb's book of life is in heaven, and he couldn't rip a page out of the book to write her name, he just wrote one down here and wrote her name right in. And when they looked and saw that he knew her name and there was no way he could know it. There was a problem. Because if God knows her name and reveals it supernaturally, then she must be forgiven. That is what the tradition said. So now they're stuck. <laughs> he didn't call their name. <laughs> now, now they're stuck. Because not only they've been peeping Tom perverts, chasing this woman down, all right, and dragged a naked lady 
down the street in front of everybody, acting like idiots. Now, her name is written, if this was the case, which it might have been, and we got to let her go. And they all walked away, one by one. Here's the thing. Jesus knows everybody's name. He knows all their names. Man, he knows their name. He knows the name of the person down the street whose kids would say, I got lots of daddies. He knows their names. Jesus Christ died for every one of them. It's freely given. Nothing you can do to add to it, to complete it. And the problem is, we've got an obstacle to overcome. I believe that we can. Because you know, bad news travels fast, but good news, I think, can travel faster. You can change somebody's mind when you express kindness, when you express mercy, when you demonstrate love, you can change somebody's mind about how Christians really are. Because when you meet the real deal, when you meet the real, there is a difference. There is a difference. When you meet, you you can experience imposters or those people that are just, look, they're just, They need mercy as well. But you can experience, have bad experiences. But man, it just takes a good one. It just takes a good one. All of a sudden, they're like, oh, that's how it is. That's how it is. And their name, they'll feel like their name's been written by God. Because we are trees of life. He says, ye are lights. Ye are trees of life. You are messengers. Now it's time for us to carry the correct message. It's not a list of rules. The Jews had 661 or two, something like that, rules they had to keep. You can't memorize that stuff. How are you going to keep them all? You don't even know them all. And some of them you couldn't keep anyways. All right? It was impossible. But there is just one thing we need to know now. Whosoever, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord, the Bible says they shall be saved. They shall what? Be saved. It don't mean they got to stop smoking that dope. It don't mean they got to quit running them streets. It doesn't mean they got to quit being a drunk or quit being all those things. The Bible says this, they come here first. Ain't no point if they already cleaned up to draw them. What are you talking about? They are, if the Holy Ghost draws somebody to repentance, I dare, I dare you, I dare you to bring into question his authority to say who can be saved and who cannot. I dare you. I double dog dare you. All right? Doggone it. You can't. Because it is the lost, it is the sinner that Jesus died for. So don't tell them they got to quit nothing to come. If the Holy Ghost draws them, let him do his job and we'll do ours. Let him do his job and we'll do ours. Jesus Christ is catching fish and we're throwing them back. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all of them unto me. I'll draw them all. I'll draw them all. Well, preacher, you give people a license to sin. Bro, they don't need a license. They don't need a license. 
The thing is, you ask Christians when they feel in an honest mood, they'll tell you they struggle with things. They got sin in their life, all stuff. Why are you judging somebody because their sin's different from yours? You know what I'm saying? Tell me, this month you didn't do something that you know you shouldn't have done. I call you a liar. I call you a liar. Tell me. Tell me you didn't. I'll call you a liar without evidence. I don't need no evidence. I just call you a liar. Call you a liar because that's what you're doing, and there's your sin right there. You lied. There you go. All right? Hmm? What's wrong with extending mercy? What's wrong with telling them that they can be saved? The change, listen, I'm white. It's okay, black people, you can laugh, all right? I'm white because my father is white. If you didn't know, all you got to do is just meet him. He's white. We can't dance, nothing. We're, we're, We're stereotypical white people. I'm white because my dad is white. Daryl, you black. Because your dad is. Isn't that right? You know what? You probably look like your dad. I look like my dad. I act a little bit like him. I'm kind of slow getting up and I walk like him a little bit when I get up in the morning. Because, you know, I'm 46, ain't 26. All right? Get up. Why? Because that's who my dad is. If my dad was black, I would be black. If my dad was Hispanic, I would be Hispanic. If my dad was Puerto Rican, which is Hispanic, I'm saying, you know, whatever. My dad was Jewish. If my dad was Jehovah, my name would be Jesus. But you know what I'm saying? You get it. You get the idea, right? Get the idea. You change who my dad is, you change everything about me. That is where the change takes place. When we become brothers with Christ and children of God, our father becomes Jehovah. And now I'm like him. Now I'm like him, all right? There's part of me look just like him. Not all of it, but part of me. So I, I should talk like him, because you've seen him, you've seen me, you've seen him. I should act like him, because I do what he does. You see, it's the change in the fatherhood that makes the difference. You change who my daddy is, you change everything about me. So I can only... Be what I am. And a lost person, a sinner, can only come just as they are. Just as they are. Because if there ain't no sickness, there ain't no need for a doctor. If ain't nothing wrong, there ain't no need to fix it. So you want those that have something wrong. They ought to feel comfortable around you. I get out there and I mix up with them some and uh, hang out with some folks. I got some friends that are lost goose in the snowstorm. Man, I love it too. They're nice people. Never once did they ever judge me for anything. It's an odd thing. They're really nice people. And you know what? I invite someone to church. Here's some of the things they say. What kind of church is it? Because I don't tell them I'm a preacher until we've been talking for a while. I got I to kind of rope them in thanks to some other folks that ain't in here. I'm talking about other churches. All right? I got to rope them in a little bit, man. A little bait and switch on them. And, uh, um, and they kind of wonder, well, I ain't got nothing to wear. What do you mean I don't have anything to wear? You ain't naked right now. <laughs> well, I don't have a suit. Who, suit? Who wants a suit? Man, I hate suits. Whatever. No, I don't hate them. I just, I don't fit in them. So therefore I say I hate them. All right? <laughs> all right? That's why. And I, I got... <laughs> My suit trunk. And uh, 
And so, and so, you know, just come in jeans. I said, our preacher preaches in jeans. He does. How old is he? Man, old as dirt, but he preaches in jeans, man. He <laughs> preaches in jeans. That's good. No. <laughs> so he preaches in jeans. We don't care. Wear a t-shirt, wear jeans. Just don't come naked. All right. You know, because uh, I, I joke with him because you don't have any clothes. Okay. And they come. Some of them here today. They'll come. And you know what? I didn't worry about it. There was no questions about anything needing to change. All there was is let me tell you what was done for me and has already been done for you and you don't even know it. If we will, take the time, y'all. Read through Romans 10 again. Don't read anything into it. Bite your tongue. You tell people about how they can be saved. That's it. We can tell them other things, but you're saying, but don't add nothing to it. Now just set that stuff down over there and come on. Baby, you better quit. Better quit. Don't tell them every hoop they got to jump through. You tell them what Jesus told them. You take that step. Jesus said, go and sin no more. All right, good. You tell them to come on. Allow them to hear about Jesus Christ. Allow them to receive freely what was given. Because I'm going to tell you what, when you came, you brought your sin with you. You sure did. You sure did. I guarantee you when you showed up, you still went out and, and cut up a little bit. All right? You know you did. Don't lie. All right? Don't lie. You know where liars go? They ought to go to church. Hey, don't lie. Don't lie. Because you know you did. Remember, go back in your mind and relive how it was. How it was. And be real, man. Don't worry about distancing yourself from sin. It ain't going to get on you. Well, the Bible says that we shouldn't be unequally yoked. Well, brother, don't yoke. Just talk. Just talk. How can two be in agreement unless they walk together? Shut up. Quit trying to find a way not to do what God already told you to do. Be love. Be kind. Be merciful. Be all those things. Lamont's not here right now. He's not here. Lamont, a good friend. I love Lamont to death. And uh, Lamont started coming to church. He thought my daughter was cute. So that made me not like, not like Lamont. All right? So I'm like, brother, you can go somewhere else. And my wife said, we should invite him to lunch. Heck you say. He ain't coming. Nowhere near my house. We're going to sit. My dog will sit way down there. He can sit behind over here where I can keep an eye on him. All right? And, but Lamont, he was a nice guy. He had issues and everything like that. And my wife kept saying, telling me, you can't see straight because your daughter. I said, you dang skippy, I can't see straight. That's right. <laughs> Amen. I'm with you. Now we understand each other. Uh, we understand each other. But you know what? God did a work in him. He did, just like my, he did just like my wife said. He goes, just let him see. Let him taste and see that the Lord is good. You watch. And God did the work. God did the work. And he married somebody else. Praise the Lord. All right. <laughs> Amen. God answered his mama's prayer and the Lord answered my prayer. Amen. We got that understanding. All right. Now, so you get me. You feel me. All right. We're going to make sure. Understand this. 
Romans 10 and 13, we're gonna do it, we're almost done. Romans 10 and 13, let's turn there. I'm gonna make a statement and then I'm gonna qualify it to help you out, okay? But it isn't wrong, it's right. But I'm gonna make it because we gotta stick to our role. As soon as we try to be judge, the Bible says where you judge, the same thing will come upon you. So watch it. When you stand as judge, only one person can sit in that chair. You sit in God's chair, you're going to get sat on. <laughs> you're going to get sat on. You don't want to sit and be judge. You're not qualified to be the judge. All right? Now, Romans 10, 13. We need to know our role. Here we go. I'll start reading in verse 10. For it is with the heart that you believe and justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. However, here we go. How then can they call on the one they've not believed in and this is your part. Here you come. Talking about you. And how can they believe in the one whom they've not heard, of whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And not me. Not talking about me. Talking about you. The preacher's job is not to go tell everybody. That's the people's job. My job is to tell you. Your job is to go tell them. All right? Because I'm not with them all the time. You are. And how can they preach unless they are sent? Hereby, therefore, deputize all ye, all right? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Now, this is your role. You are co-laborers with Christ. He is your elder brother, the firstborn of many children, okay? Firstborn of many children, and our role is the same. What they see you do, they see the Father do. What they hear you say, they hear the Father say. Our role is to do the same thing Jesus did. He tells them to be saved. He does not have to be their judge. He tells them about salvation. That's the message that we bring. But this, but that. Take the butts. Hold on to them. All right? Hold on. Allow the Holy Ghost to be the Holy Ghost. Allow Spirit, the Spirit of God to be who he is. Allow the Father to be who he is. Let's be who we are. We are an extension of God's family. We are his family, okay? And so we are to do as the first son did. And that is to be sent to save them. Don't feel like you got to judge them. It's already been done. Sin's already been judged. And the price has been paid for all of mankind. I understand all the other stuff. Don't confuse the issue. Don't confuse it. Good acts come out of fruit. And fruit comes off a tree that has been growing for a while. They got to be planted into the kingdom before they can ever produce the fruit that most of the church is trying to make them produce right now. And until, until they are saved, there can be no fruit that God is looking for. So quit trying to look for it. Let the church 
fill up with homosexuals. Let the church fill up with drug addicts. Let the church fill up with prostitutes. Let it fill up with all that. Everything. That's the good thing about salvation. It is for everyone. And remember where you came from. Because you used to not be so pretty. And so perfect. And I mean that as sarcastically as I can say it. All right. Now, you weren't always perfect. You're good. But listen, allow God to work through you in them. Satisfy your purpose. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to make excuses. You don't have to defend God. A way has been made. You share salvation and let the Holy Spirit draw them. You are the messenger. Take the correct message. You are the messenger. Take the correct message. I'm going to close with this. And then we're going to um, pray for some people and I'll let y'all go. Just a few minutes. The other day, my wife and I went and hung out with some friends. Um, we got done. And, you know, me and my wife like hanging out. She's a good friend of mine. We go way back. All right. And uh, we, we've been married. It'll be uh, 24 years this July. I've been married 24 years. And so, yeah. All right. Consecutively. All right. Anyway. All right. And so, uh, uh, a lot of training in that woman. Boy, I tell you what. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Y'all say that sarcastically as well. All right. Uh, but she said the same thing about me. But anyway, love or death, we're good friends. We like to hang out. So, you know, if you don't have kids around, do something. So I went and hung out with some friends and everything. We got done. And uh, we used to go to Waffle House. We dated. So we went over to Waffle House. Got to Waffle House. We sat there for a while. We cut up and talked, laughed and everything. And uh, it's getting late. So I'm going to go. I mean, it's late. Uh, we're getting done. It's already after midnight. Now, we hung out with our friends for a while. Then we go and eat. Now, it's way after midnight. And now, I go to get in my car that I just purchased the other day. And um, it doesn't start. It's midnight, 1 o'clock. It doesn't start. These are the words that are coming up in my heart right now. These, these are the words that are coming up. They're coming up. <laughs> All right? And so, I'm just playing. I'm trying to act like this. And this is what wanting to come out. And this is what... You know, all right, you got me. So, so here I am, and you know what happens? Uh, I go inside, I ask for some jumper cables. I asked this lady to help me. She didn't really seem like she was too interested in helping me, like I was doing her disservice or something like that. I'm like, that's fine. She goes, well, she doesn't really want to. I told my wife, she ain't got to want to. As long as she does it, I don't care. Right. <laughs> it's, it's late, man. It's a long walk home. All right, it's a long walk home. And so um, it doesn't work. Matter of fact, <laughs> what's funny is, I give her cables back, and her car won't start now. My car doing a number on everybody, okay? So uh, my battery had died, and I'm just making sure that's what the case is. My battery had died. So this young man comes out. Name's Kevin. He works there. He and his wife work at Waffle House. He comes out. He can see that I was frustrated that it wasn't working. He grabs some cables, grabs another car. We jump this one off, back it up. He comes back out. How's it going? Let's try this. Let it sit for a while. I know what to do. But it's, it's not working. I'm thinking, it, it, it's just the battery is gone. I'm going to have to get another one. The thing is, we're at Waffle House, and guess what's next door? AutoZone. The joke on me is, it's 1 o'clock in the morning. So, all right, so there ain't no fixing. So I'm sitting there, and now it's, I've probably worked on this an hour and a half or two hours, so it's pushing two-ish after whatever, you know, and uh, sleepy time, call him a name. And so um, he comes out some more. We work, 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 can't get it done. He says, I'll tell you what, uh, I can't leave, but my wife should give you a ride home. It ain't kindness until somebody does something. 
So my wife and I go walk. He's like, walk? No, 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 no. We'll give you a ride home. So he gives us a ride. She gives us a ride the whole way talking to us. And, uh, and she just real kind. She was hilarious and some things. Just real sweet. Took us home. Dropped me off. Dropped us off and left. Y'all, it's late. Early. However you look at it. He didn't have to help. He's working. But they let him. He came and worked, helped, worked, helped, worked, helped, and solved my problem. Got me a ride home. Because, brother, I didn't want to ride home, I, but I didn't feel like walking until 2 o'clock in the morning either. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I'll walk, I'll walk five, six, seven miles. It doesn't matter, but I don't want to do it right then. No, I don't. And so, you know, I can't stop thinking about him. That's kindness. Do you know, I wish I was in a position I could do so much for them. That's kindness they showed. It wasn't, the first one wasn't so joy, joyful about the whole thing. Kindness. But it marked me, man. It's, it's late. And they went out of their way and didn't care. Didn't bother them at all. We got to be that way. We got to be that way. I went the next day, I went to AutoZone and talked to the guy and I told him where I was and he said, I said, somebody helped me last night. I said, he said, who? I said, Kevin. I know Kevin. Man, he's good people, isn't he? I'm like, yeah, he gives my vote. He gives my vote. He's got a reputation. Got a reputation of being kind. Got a reputation of having a servant's heart. Man, let me tell you what. The church needs the same. And we can change. We can't change everybody. But we can make sure we do the right thing. Because people need us. They need what we have. They don't even know it. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit ChristianLifeChurch.com.